Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. In the process of changing how we uh, have done offerings and support around here, we're doing something different. And so I would like you all to stand, and I would like you to bless you. shut your eyes, open your hands, however, whatever position you want to to receive this, but we thank you God for our salvation and the promises you give in the new covenant for the abundance of life. We believe and receive this morning your grace and your provision. Thank you for meeting all of our financial needs, that we may have more than enough to live and to share with others through the gospel of grace. Today, we are believing you for the promise of blessed provision in jobs, new jobs, and promotions at work, for estates and inheritances, for interests and unlooked-for income, for rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, even this week, found money, bills paid off, bills decreased, debts canceled. We believe these through the blessings and increase of your favor in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. Well, I've been on a journey, and uh, me for the first time in my pastoral career, boy, that's of, uh, of the job of doing the work of the ministry, uh, teaching on finances. For a series of, I don't know, some some good reasons, uh, this stuff that I'm learning through uh, True Faced and, and the two roads, probably some of it was part of my mask and, and uh, the, the cracks showing in my, uh, it felt self-serving or those kind of things to talk about it, but it's been really freeing to be able to explore this and look at it, and not in the sense of trying to get you to give the church. I've come full circle a lot because I had two people ask me after last week's sermon if I still believe in tithing. And uh, in saying this, I'm not trying to incite controversy or anything because if you do believe that you should tithe, by all means, tithe. But I don't. I've come full circle that under the new covenant, uh, we are released from that. We are not obligated to give anything which frees us to give everything. We're not obligated to give anything. That's what I believe. But we're free to give and to help and to support. And it doesn't necessarily mean church all the time. It can mean other things. Tell us not to give here. You do what God's speaking to your heart. Because this is what I believe about finances. It is related strictly strange word to use when talking about the freedom to our relationship with God. Very much in our relationship with God. God may speak to your heart one day to empty the bank account and write it for something. If he's speaking it to you, obey him, trust him, follow him, take, take up that as leading. But by no means, if you attend here, feel obligated to 
tithe. I'm not obligated to tithe. I do, but I'm not obligated. I just found it a real rhythm in my lifestyle and the idea of giving. As a matter of fact, uh, through all the struggles that we had last year, but we were able to give more than we did the year before and didn't intend to. It just happened. We just gave joyfully, and when something came up, we gave to it. And so I just did my taxes, and I was like, what the heck? How do we do that? And it's just him. He makes, he makes the economy of finances work in a way that go beyond our wisdom. So in looking at just the freedom of giving... Um, Wes Owens wanted to share some stuff, so Wes, come on up here and do this. And then I'm going to talk about fear and anxiety and how to break the yoke of it. I feel fear and anxiety right now because I've had two weeks to think about this. So I'm not sure what I'm going to say now. So um, I did, uh, uh, this started a few weeks ago when uh, I came to church and learned we had a new model for getting and I was startled by that. I was kind of uh, fear-struck, might be a better word. And I was—I felt that way because I really want New Day to succeed. Um, my heart is here. I want it to grow. I want it to prosper. And so when they changed all that, that was threatening to me, and I kind of freaked out. Then I realized I had four checks in my pocket. So it really wasn't going to impact my my mode of giving at all. It was it's something I do, as Lloyd said, it's a rhythm. Um, and that rhythm has been brought by years and years of being a Christian and learning to uh, to make choices. Um, I'm going to try to make two points. One is that uh, I choose to give, and the second is I believe in new days. So that's, keep those in mind. I'll try to keep those in mind. Um, the, the concept of choosing to give, um, as I've grown in grace, grace has you know, brought me to the point where I'm free, not free to do whatever I want, but I've been given freedom that is empowering so that I can be who I really am. You know, the heart of God that that is expressed in me, I'm free to express that. And so my wife and I choose to give. Um, My wife, she's not here today, but she regularly says, did you write that check? We want to support New Day. Because it's a choice. It really is a choice. Um, I love my wife. Um, so we make that choice regularly, and then it's something that's very deliberate. Um, I'm quick, a couple of quick stories here, probably, but Brenda mentioned, and uh, to demonstrate how it's a choice, um, Brenda mentioned in the context of this same changing the forum to giving, she said, oh, she needed 10 bucks for something, or somebody needed 10 bucks. I don't remember what it was for, but I remember her saying, $10, well, that's good for two trips to Starbucks. And I thought, that's wrong. That's just wrong. I like Starbucks. I go to Starbucks, $2 every time I go, because I just get a large black coffee. I go two, maybe three times a month. Well, why is that? Because I don't really care if Starbucks succeeds or not. There'll be a place to get coffee, always. I'm sure of it. Um, so I don't support that necessarily. I'm not striving to ensure the success of Starbucks. On the other hand, I have a friend that opened a coffee shop up on Warnell and 85th. I spent hundreds of dollars there to support him, to ensure, to contribute the way that I could to his success. Um, I remember being there after he was, he was there about three months, and I walked in, and, uh, put in my order and stuff, and he looked at me and he says, 
Well, that's the largest single purchase we've ever made. It's because I was committed to that success. So it was really, it's a, there's a choice involved there. Um, as I said, my wife and I, we choose to support New Day. We give here regularly, uh, deliberately, and on purpose, so to speak, from freedom. Now, what are some of those things I'm going to... Why do I choose that? What do I see? What do I believe? There's the message of grace, the cure, the grace chats, the, all of these things that come together that bring life to people. Um, all of those things count. Uh, the message that you hear. There's another thing that's um, I don't know, it's near and dear to my heart, I guess, and that is that there's heritage here. There's people here who have contributed for decades into the kingdom of God. Um, I'll resist naming names, although I could, half a dozen just off the top of my head here, but I will point out one example, because the Brimers are here. They are people who for decades have touched the lives of tens of thousands of people. So, Gwyn always sits in the third row, uh, they sit in the sixth row. So every Sunday I see the back of her head and it's like a Hallmark commercial. And I think, there's mom enjoying the fruits of what her life has been given to and sown into so that all of us are blessed by that. Okay, that's, I mean, and that's a Hallmark commercial by itself. But then when I see the father hold his daughter enjoying the fruits of that life, I'm undone. I'm undone. So that I will give money to regularly, willfully, joyfully, so that that heritage can just be enjoyed. So, Primers, thank you very much for your contribution. We all appreciate it. So, thank you. Thanks, Wes. Well, past couple weeks. Poverty mentality, how it binds our lives up when we get underneath that and how it's distorted Christian views of money. Last week we looked at the orphan mentality and how that affects us in how we function in life, how we deal with our finances, our provisions, and, and how, it, how it turns inward upon us. It affects us so dramatically and how God no longer sees us as orphans. We already have received an inheritance. All you have to do is look around the room. You are Christ's inheritance and it says that we have been pulled into him by the spirit of adoption and therefore you are my inheritance. Relationships. What that means is we connect with one another. It means so much more than just our financial well-being. But without financial well-being, it's hard to navigate life. And orphans have a tendency to uh, believe, one, that they don't deserve things. It, it creates this tension in, inside of our hearts that, I tell you, are based in the old identity. And this is what I know. Christ has come into me. I have a brand new identity. He's in me. He's in you. If, you. if you've 
asked him and received him and taken what he has given, what he came to this earth to do. To die, to be buried, but to resurrect on your behalf so that, this is the part we always do about, so that he would be fully alive in us, in you and I. I was reading a, a blog this week. By the way, be careful about blogs lately. They're going all over the place. There's so much sectarianism right now. You know what to do? Get down low. Don't listen to any of it. It'll steal your peace. Don't be carrying signs saying mostly hooray for our side. I'm for everybody. You for everybody? Well, not the one. Here's the third thing. The third mental issue that grips people regarding finances and money, the stuff in your pocket, the stuff in your bank accounts. Fear. And not the fear like there's a lion out in the streets, you know, like Proverbs speaks about. But this kind of fear, the anxiety over control. See, what most people do is they tell you, don't be anxious, just pray. But I can tell you, there's something much deeper about anxiety. Anxiety has this issue of control in each of our lives. When I've got anxious about provision, when I've got anxious about, is there enough? When I've gotten anxious about, where's that going to come from? When I've gotten anxious, I really want that, but can't have that. The real issue is I'm trying to control the circumstances. Do you know who and what you have control of? Your heart, your mouth, your behavior, what you say, how you act, the way you carry yourself, how you trust God. You have control of that. You see, you don't have even control over your four-year-old when they spill the milk at the table. You ever, ever notice that? You can just be having total peace and then they bump the milk and go, and you go, why did you do that? Well, they didn't mean to do that. If you would just ex- exercise some more self-control, and we're the ones that are panicking getting out of control over spilled milk. A little four-year-old didn't go, huh, I think I'll get dad going this morning. (laughs) Well, maybe he did, and he might deserve a little bit of instruction with that. But the real issue is, where we get into anxiety over these things is control. It puts anxiousness in us. Of all the things that become a danger zone in our thinking over finances is fear, and then the real thing about anxiety is worry. Are you a worry wart? Worry, 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 worry. It just seems to get inside, and the, the thing I've always noticed about worry 
is it's not just connected here, it's connected here. And so it starts affecting my motion. So there's no other way to describe that. We refer to it as the heart. It's still up here. That's why you do something about it up here. But when worry gets inside of us, when that control issue, when we feel like we're losing control or we can't control it, man, worry can send you off the charts. It's one of the causes of ulcers. Once again, my life, I'm very familiar with this. My mom was a worrier, deep, incredible worrier. And uh, I can remember she kept having stomach pain. They went to the doctors. And I stayed before we had CAT scans and all that stuff. So... But the doctor finally said to her, you know, Arlene, it's in your head. No, the pain's in my stomach. You go, Arlene, it's in your head. Well, she kept, she was so bound up with worry, she ended up with perforated ulcers. They removed 85% of her stomach. Yeah, I'm a little nine-year-old boy freaking out when she started hemorrhaging, you know, coming out. It, but it was all based still in one thing. Living a life she couldn't control, so she was constantly in worry. And some of that deeply rooted not only in a relationship with an abusive husband, but the other thing was money. You know, because he, he was pretty good at, uh, at putting the money in another fifth, if you take my meaning. Um, so I, I firsthand watched this growing up with, with it in life. It was this. There were always what ifs. When you process things in your life, one of the things to ask yourself is, am I doing the what ifs? Am I really doing the what You know, you read the the reason I said about the reports and not reading all the blogs, all the stuff about life. How bad is I? uh, And I don't want to get into politics, but all this stuff. I listen to so many people being in so much turmoil over what may or may not happen. It's just almost laughable. People trying to justify one thing or another. You know what Romans 5 says? Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. If I have peace with God, I'm sorry, but what am I worried about? Last time I looked, God's in control. You have to settle that issue in your life. Is God in control? Is God who he says he is? Now, the funny thing about God is he has no doubt. He knows exactly who he is. He doesn't ever have, we still go through some of that worry. He doesn't have one doubt. He never did about who he is and his plan. You've heard me say this before. Jesus was always plan A. From before the foundations of creation. This is stunning because the other way, getting it the other way makes us live in fear and anxiety. I love that stuff what Michael said about assurance. Assurance. See, you can get into arguments over his eternal security. He says, I have, this is what the way Martin Lloyd-Jones put it, and I'm learning to, to take this in. I have assurance of faith. I have assurance, not insurance, assurance. My heart is convinced of who God is. And it gets more convinced every day. I'm the happiest guy you're ever going to run into. 
serious. My light is so happy, and that's not a mask. I have never had it this good. And I always had it this good. I just didn't recognize it. He's with me every day. Listen to what he said. Because, see, here's the thing. That worry stuff, it's a funny thing. Worry, fear, anxiety can make you miserly and greedy. It can make you stupid and impulsive. It can do all those things. It can make you do the craziest thing. You go, why did I buy that? It's actually anxiety. And advertisers play off of it and convince you that your life won't be good enough unless you buy that. So they're using the play of anxiety and your lack of control to get to control you. Do you understand double loop advertising? To control your emotions to get you to get something. So anxiety just doesn't keep us from stuff. It causes us to do things. You're going, I bought that stupid Osterizer and now it's sitting on the counter. I haven't used it three times in a year. But I was absolutely convinced that for $197, that was the best thing on earth to have in my kitchen. Really? Just get out the knife that Mama used to use. Or you got to get the one that's slinging. But it was just as quick to get out a butcher knife and dice up the onions. Never mind, that's my take on modern living. Can drive you into hoarding, it can immobilize you. To not step out in faith. It can do all those things. We know this passage well, but listen to it again. Luke 12. Start verse 29. You, you really need to read from 24 down. But do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. Mind filled with worry. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. You can get on Facebook and find out. Everybody tells it all the time. And your father knows that you need these things. Did you hear that? Your father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God. All these things shall be added to you. Here's what he's really saying. Stop worrying about it. If you need something, I'm going to take care of you. We have a father. And he will take care of us. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, we, he's not just talking about eternity. The kingdom he brought here to the earth, and it's in you. It's in you. Later in Romans 5, he says, look, everything that God has done is for one purpose, so that you can reign in life. Right here. I reign from this place of no anxiety, going, I don't have to fear one thing. If God's for me, it's not a condition, it's a conclusion. If God is for me, it's pretty simple. Earlier in that chapter, he says, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit, one small measure to your stature? Here's what worry is. It's faith in reverse. It's putting faith on something that won't happen. It's still, it's, it's faith, but it's perverted, it's wrong, it's distorted, it's backwards, it's upside down, 
and yet we we will do it. And it always centers in those two things. What ifs and awfulizing. Now, awfulizing is a made-up word that I came up with. Actually, I think Brenda came up with it and I borrowed it. Do what? William Backus came up with it. Oh, telling each other the truth. Here's what awfulizers do. Oh my gosh, if I don't do that, what will happen? I know what will happen. My kids will go destitute pretty soon. They won't have any shoes to wear and they'll look real funny at school and everybody will make fun of them. We awfulize. We take something that's nothing and we build this huge mountain out of it. And we're putting faith into it. And when we put faith into it through anxiety, we just keep shoveling it higher and higher and bigger and bigger. Until it feels insurmountable. And it just makes you want to shut down. And then we do something like we talk to a friend or we go to church and we go, what am I going to do? I'm not making fun. I have been there. Not for a long time, but I've done it. Here's what, and we never put this in context, but again, listen to Philippians 4. Before we go over there, you know, how do I stop that in my head? Because a lot of us, just identifying it doesn't break it. How do I stop that here? Well, it really is, and you can do a true form of spiritual warfare. So I'll give you a little hint. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, right? They're mighty in the spirit to the pulling down of strongholds. So if anxiety is a stronghold, but listen to what it says because I was always taught it wrong. Taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. See, I was taught that, that that meant I had to obey, and if I wasn't obeying, that it wasn't going to work, and I was, and this thing I was scared of was going to get me. I was taught an equation to deal with it. To whose obedience does it say to take your thoughts to? Of Christ. To the obedience of Christ. Not to Christ. Of Christ. He obeyed perfectly. That tears down every thought that you're not adequate enough and that you don't have enough and that you're awful and terrible and your finances are never going to make it. He'll bless others, but why on earth would he bless you? Take that to the obedience of the new covenant which says you've been given everything necessary in life for godliness and peace. That's what he did. When I take this thought captive, not to your obedience, to his obedience... It's stunning when I changed my whole... I got rid of the equation and lived in the conclusion. It changed everything, including that warfare, because it never worked before. Okay, I'm going to get... I'm really not going to do that thought again. And just like a worm when you hear a song that you don't want to sing, and it's, you know, it gets in your head. You know, oh, happy day. You know, get that out of... Those anxious thoughts do the same thing. I'll go drink nine Starbucks to get that. You know, it's when it's really this. Christ obeyed completely for me. 
you start personalizing it, you talk about spiritual warfare, because what is the one thing you have control of? You. You have control of you. I'm out of control here. Well, go back to the obedience of Christ. He did it, and then this incredible thing. Here, Mark, my son, I love you. All of my provisions are for you. I give them to you. Don't worry, son. Yours is a kingdom. Man, what a way to live. See, I'm not just happy giddy because, like, seriously, it's not a man. It's like, I finally learned to let loose of the control, whether it's other people, my finances, a bank account, what's going to happen to the church. I really appreciate everything you said. It made me so happy I wanted to cry. But I don't have to make this church happen. Oh, what a relief it is. Jesus. Jesus. It's Jesus. And Brenda will tell you this, I've never worried about where our provision would come from. I set that one down a long time ago. I don't have to make anything happen anymore. Letting loose of that control issue frees the grip of anxiety over your life. I don't have to make people act a certain way. What if they don't come to church? They're probably at home enjoying their families and doing a project. Bless God. Lord Jesus, just bless him right now. Now y'all go to this church next Sunday. Listen to Philippians 4. By the way, we never do it in context. We never do the second part of this. I'm going to this morning. So we all know this. Be anxious for nothing, right? But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Lord, I don't know where it's going to come from, but I need to. Don't, don't do any equations. And if you do that for me, then I'll stop it. And I know I'm not worthy of Stop it. Stop all that crazy talk. Just do what it says. Let your request be made known. And the peace of God, which surpasses all of your understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So anxiety can back in. I let him know, and now he says, oh, okay, I'll take care of him. I'll take care of him. What is he, or your servant? No, it's your father. And I understand you can get into some weird mindsets and trying to tell God what he should do. That's another issue of control. Instead of telling God what he should do, ask him, is there anything that he would like you to do today to get your relationship? And it's really fun. Now, I've always heard those two verses taught standalone. I've heard great messages on them, by the way, through the years. But you've got to go to the next verse, finally. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Want to take him captive to his obedience? Meditate on the very fact that Christ lives in you right now. And do it.
do exactly what Brenda said. Lord, today I receive your love. You love me. You're crazy about me. I'm your favorite kid. I have your favor no matter where I go. I have your favor over finances, over every aspect of my finances. I have your favor that you've got a good big future waiting for me. I have your favor that none of my kids will worry and have to worry about anything about going to college. I have your favor. You want to really want to get crazy with it? I have your ultimate, never-ending, joyous favor, and I'm your favorite kid. You want to give me life and give it abundantly. Open my mind. Open my heart. Go in there and explode everything. Really let loose of control. Jesus, okay, you can sing a country song now. You know, take the wheel. Some of you girls are all nodding. Most of the guys are like, yeah. I'm not here to sing country songs. I am to hear to sing a Jesus praise. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these did. I don't believe there was one bit of anxiety in Paul. And when he did, he confessed it immediately. He did have fears when he was in prison. He talks about that in Galatians. But he said the fears were within. And you know how he got out of it? He started praising. This is how I learned to use the spiritual warfare and taking the thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And why I've asked Michael, here's what's so important. Start singing a song. When you get anxious in your heart, Sing and sing good theology. Don't sing a complaint. Where are you, oh God? My life is miserable and if you don't show up. No. Sing this. Crisis of the rock I stand. All other ground is sing, when I declare what I know to be true of him and of me, everything those cap, those thoughts those worry thoughts, they can't stay there, they can't stand it when you start praising the goodness of who he is, what he did what he accomplished and then you want a real key to overcome, start singing about who you are do you really believe the grace message? We, we did that one song that Michael was doing where it talked about, I am holy. It was so hard for so many people to sing that song. What if you just say, I'm his righteousness. I'm complete in him. I'm his delight. And I am holy. That's what he came to. That's why he said, you don't have to worry about stuff. 
gave you new life. Is he worried? Does he have any anxiety in him? Okay. And listen to this. What's true of him is true of me. First John says this. As he is, not in heaven, as he is, so are we here. This is stunning. Do you really believe the gospel? About who you are. If you are, then you can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. This is stunning good news. Well, you haven't said anything about finances. Those are just on the... On a liker scale, those are about two on the ten. Because if you get this down, then the two comes up to a ten. And you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about your finances. We were designed to live blessed. Can you say that about Can you sing a song about yourself? I am a blessing. Because here's the issue. Trusting God and money looks like this. What do you believe? What do you receive? And what do you share? It's those three simple things. And it's not an equation. If you believe God for these things, you're going to recognize that you're receiving them. Almost all believers just are receiving them. They just don't recognize it because they're not believing Him for it. He's still doing it. God is still God. He doesn't change. If I don't bless those people, they won't be blessed. Yes, they will. They may not recognize it. See, that's what I've known about all of you. That's why I keep blessing your finances. I believe the very best for you because I know who God is. I believe He wants to cancel all your debt. I believe that He wants you to walk as kings and queens. Are you into that? Name it, claim it. You betcha. I'll name Him Jesus and I'll claim that every blessing of His is mine. And no apologies, thank you. Are you going to believe for a Learjet? No, I don't need one. If I needed it, I would ask him for it. I don't think I'd ask other people because it seems a little weird. Buy me a Learjet. But I know this. I'm blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Listen, since I believe in this, you guys would not believe. I just haven't told you the uncounted blessings, financial blessings that have flowed into my life and how I've been taken care of, just like Chad announced this morning. We had the same stuff. When we came back from Ireland, we released all of our donors and didn't have a job. I was practicing my high welcome to Walmart voice. Because who hires a 54-year-old ex-pastor to do what? Encourage people? We released all our supporters and we had more money come in that summer than we had when we were on support. And never never missed a step. Never missed. It's just, he's in us. He's going to take care of you. He will watch over you. He will make a way. But if you're caught by the control, what will happen? 
Well, you've never lost a house. Yes, I have. When I was a kid, I watched my, my parents' house get lost. I was in the house, teenager, lost it. Before that, they lost a farm. So I, I understand. I'm not making fun of that. I'm just saying, now we're pulled into something different. Now, now, but now I'm something different. If you want to defeat worry, start believing what the gospel has brought you. You want to defeat worry, start singing it into your life. You want to defeat worry, don't let it get you. Get it. Don't attack it. Receive the blessings of God. Does this make sense? And just and 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 receive it. Don't don't break the habit of telling God what you do and don't deserve. That's that orphan thing. And just say, I receive it again this morning. And then this is the key. Share it. Just what Wes said. Find ways to share. It can come in lots of different ways, but find a way to share it out of your heart. The more you share, I'm telling you, you you really want to be one of those entrepreneurs that does lots of things. The more you share, the more it's going to happen. How can you say that? Because I believe God. The more you share, the more intent you have to give it away, then God sees not a pool, but a river. pool just goes into one thing. When you become a river and a river of life flows out of you, and it's got, he will go, oh yeah, there's lots of people I want to bless through you. He will just keep pouring it in. And it's really a fun way to live. Whether it's on this scale, for some of you it's this scale, for a whole bunch of you, because that's what I'm believing for. Michael, come on up. Boy, it's really weird to have all the, like, the overhead stuff uh, go wonky. I mean, it was just like we broke into this community thing of learning to, to do this, the two roads, the cure. And it's just like the books got stuck in Austin, finally got them back. Then the, the lamps and the overhead go out, so Michael, I, I'm a little scared of heights, so I held the ladder while Michael went up there. <coughs> pull those out, find out how much they are, and I'm going, what, for a light bulb? But I ordered them, well, they wouldn't get here until Tuesday, so then the ingenious farmer that I am, I went, I know how I can rig that up so it'll work, so then Monsieur and I, I got Monsieur to go up on the ladder. He and I worked on figuring out how to drop the line and drink the cord, and so I'd use my old one, and yeah, it was brightened up, and it worked, had it all set up, and then it blows this morning. You know what? That was the sweetest worship I've been in in a long time. Didn't have to look at any words. Sing your blues away. Sing your anxiety away. When you worship God, you're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Don't sing for Lord, where are you? Worry songs. Unless you want to do the don't worry, be happy. But sing of who he is it'll change your whole outlook 
sing a new song of provision. What would happen if you and your wife got together, laid hands on your bank account, and started singing a song over it? Is that just symbolism? I think it's something more and greater. Something more than just symbolism. It's the act of believing and receiving. You got debt? Sing your debt away. Oh, you're looking at me really funny. Try it. Just try it. Embrace a different style. Break up the what ifs. And how does that work? And the yeah buts. And you know, but it's got to be, and I got to do it a certain way. Just sing. Sing freedom songs over your finances. How many of you have debt? It's common, isn't it? Once more, I want to bless you, and then we're going to sing. And this song is dedicated to God getting you debt free. How dare you say such a thing? Oh, I'll say more than that. God wants to release finances here to bless the nations of the earth. It's already happening in little forms. You just don't know it all. When they go, they need to go with full blessing. Lord, I pray for everybody that has raised their hand over death. I declare your name over their death and that you would come and cancel the death, even if it was their fault to cancel the death. Remove the guilt and the shame off of it. Come and do miracles in the midst of new day and cancel debt after debt after debt after debt after debt after debt after debt till we are free people. Take the noose of debt off of our necks. I pray that mortgages would be completely taken away and that homes, new homes would be given. That homes would be given away. Cars would be given away. Trucks would be given away. That you would do all these things and more besides in Jesus' name.